0: You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, what's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Hope you guys are having a a great Tuesday. Uh, Not as hot as it's been, (laughs) The last few days uh, here in Las Vegas, although it's definitely heating up. Still getting used to the heat in Las Vegas. It's a different kind of heat, uh, but it's interesting. You know, you talk to, uh, I have spent a lot of time on the East Coast uh, down south. Uh, A lot of athletes, players are from the East Coast and, you know, Texas, Alabama, wherever, Florida. Um, And it's a different kind of heat growing up in the humidity in those areas compared to the dry heat out here. I'm not saying it's not hot because it really is but when they talk about it's a different kind of a heat it definitely is and i don't i my preference is i i, I honestly would rather this dry heat as hot as it gets and it's going to get hotter and hotter and hotter over these next 90 days or so i'd rather deal with this than the humidity uh of what you experience in, in on the east coast and in florida and in alabama you know when i was covering the rams i told this story we went out to uh baltimore during it was august to practice against the uh, the Baltimore Ravens and um, there were players on on the Rams who were like man I'm already used to the no humidity in California because this is killing me out here uh, we were in Owens Owensworth Maryland or Owens Owens Mills Maryland and it was just, just I just disgusting uh, so I'll take the heat here in Las Vegas the dry heat of Las Vegas uh, but without further ado I uh, want to welcome in a special guest uh, today and I'm I'm really happy uh, and honored really uh, to be able to welcome in Solomon Thomas, the Raiders new defensive tackle. Um, first of all, Solomon, welcome to the Raiders. Welcome to Las Vegas. Uh, really happy to have you uh, today. Thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, I guess quick overview. How are things being in Las Vegas? Um, I, I don't know if you're out at Henderson, uh, over at the building working out, uh, but how are things starting to unfold for you as a Las Vegas Raider now?
1: Man, thank you so much uh, for that introduction and thank you for your time and having me on the show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm down here in Henderson. I've, I've been pr- uh, with the team for about a month now and participating faith too. And, you know, just super excited and happy to be here. And, um, you know, it's, it's a blessing to be part of the organization. And I can't wait to get in the field and, and make some plays.
0: And I know Raider Nation can't wait uh, uh, to see you out on the field and, and to see you making plays. And we're going to get into, um, you know, the, the great work that you're doing uh, and, the, and the new foundation that you've started, the Defensive Line Foundation. Um, but you know, before we get significance of it and the impact that it's going to have and we know that it's going to have uh, the necessary uh, impact. Um, You've said that you've been out here for a month or so. I I ask people this quite often. I moved here about a year ago from from California, uh, Los Angeles, and I honestly had no idea what to make of Las Vegas just moving here. I knew of Las Vegas Mm -hmm. and the Strip uh, and all that, uh, but as it turns out, there's a whole other side of las vegas that i never knew existed and frankly to me it's a it's a great place to live and to raise a family i just want to i know it's only been a month or so but what are your impressions so far of las vegas and yep. this market
1: definitely you know i have the same impression as you. like like any any of my friends are asking me and stuff like oh how's vegas like kind of joking around um i'm like it's actually beautiful like it's a it's a great place off the strip you know there's so much to do there's hiking you know there's unbelievable food um so much outdoor stuff and you know the people are great here and I just feel super happy and blessed to be here. So I have the same impression, of deal.
0: No question about it. Uh, where are you health wise? I know that there was an injury uh, last year. Uh, how is that coming along? And you're able to? Are you full uh, go right now, or is that still kind of a process?
1: Um, yes, sir. Yes. So I tore my ACL back in October, and um, I'm about six months post-op right now, and, and my knee's been feeling great. You know, I've been training. I've been training full go since month five. You know, running, lifting, sprinting, change of direction. And um, now I've actually been on the field with the team. Um, We're not doing team reps right now, but um, we're doing full intensity um, with Coach um, Marnelli on individual. And, you know, it's feeling great. I'm moving really well. And uh, I'm really happy about where I'm at. And so I'm going to get better. And I'm only going to get bigger, quicker, uh, faster, and stronger. So I'm super excited about that.
0: Any sort of a mental hurdle um, that first time or those initial first steps uh, out on the field trying to kind of find your way back? Uh, and, and understanding the significance of the injury that you that you're coming off of?
1: Um definitely, you know, it's it's definitely there's definitely some mental hurdles there, but um, you know, it's that's just part of the trusting the work and believing the work you're putting in and I know I'm putting in the best work. I know I'm working harder than, than I ever could. Um every day, you know, I dedicate every day to this to this game and, and to my body and um, you know, that helps me get over the mental hurdle because I know how great my work is, I know that I put the work in and I can trust my body and and, you know, trust my mind and, and, and just go ball. So, um, yeah, so I've been feeling great about that.
0: We're talking to a uh, new Raiders defensive tackle, Solomon Thomas, who is nice enough to join us today in the huddle. You mentioned Rod Marinelli. Uh, between Rod Marinelli and John Gruden and the the, the Raiders brand and this revamped uh, defensive line that they've built, how much did all of that kind of play uh, into your decision uh, to, to play for the Raiders? And how has it been so far working for Rod Marinelli? He's quite the character. There's no doubt about that.
1: Definitely, you know. Um, you know, coaches coach is unbelievable. You know, he's gonna go down in history. He's one of the best coaches ever ever coached defensive line. Um, but you know, it's been so much fun, you know, playing for him so far. Uh you know, when I first got into the league, he was a coach I wanted to play for. He was at Dallas, you know, Dallas is a team I watched growing up and I love the way he played his guys at Dallas and then watching his film back in Chicago and watching Julius Peppers and Henry Melton and then we always watched a lot of two thousand two tape, watching the the ten grade Buccaneers, Warren Sapp, and, and, and Booger, and Simeon Rice, and all those guys. So, um, you know, his, the list of players that he has is unbelievable, and, you know, I'm so excited to, you know, be under him, and I'm, I'm already getting better. He's teaching me a lot of technique work, um, you know, a lot of details, and a lot of certain things to focus on and see the game in a different light, and, you know, I feel, I feel very blessed to be coached by him, and uh, I'm super excited to be with him every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and I'm excited just to see what that defensive line looks like. I know you're going to fit right in, and uh, there's versatility. It's deep. There's going to be a rotation. There's a lot of different skill sets. So I would imagine uh, it's been pretty cool, kind of getting to know your new teammates and uh, trying to figure out what that is all going to look like. First impressions uh, on on that, especially that defensive line.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm loving my teammates, man. They're 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 amazing. You know, they're full of energy. You know, you got. Max Crosby, a guy who lights up the room and, and just is all over the place, you know, with how his work ethic is and just how he's a person, you know. You know, we got one of the best nose guards. Just watching the film last year, looks like the best nose guards in the NFL. And um, you know, it's it's I mean, can't wait to play next to him and like clean Farrell. You know, the group I can I can name everyone in the group and, and they're all amazing guys and it's it's a great group to be a part of. The energy is amazing and. You know we want to be you know one of the best, and that's why we how we're working every day, and that's what we're going to work for every day. Um, you know that's we awesome. want to lead this team. We, you know we want to be the heart of this team and the fire of this team, and that's our goal. And we're going to work for it.
0: Absolutely, looking forward to seeing all of that uh, out on the field uh, here fairly soon. Uh, Solomon, uh, I think it was yesterday officially uh, that you announced um, uh, the launch of your uh, of your uh, new foundation. It's the Solomon Thomas the Defensive Line Foundation is what it's called. Um, you know, and just reading through it and knowing uh, you know your 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 story and um, you know some of the tragedies that you've had to deal with um, and 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 where you're putting your your, your focus. Uh, first and foremost, um, just the fact that you know you've gotten this off the ground, um, and we'll get into all of the specifics of it. Uh, does it does it give you a little bit of pride, um, you know, putting your name to something of such significance, and hopefully over the years, it's going to have a dramatic effect and a really positive effect on something that really needs to be addressed and that's mental health and, uh, youth suicide and, um, you know, things that sometimes get swept under the rug, uh, cause it's too uncomfortable sometimes to talk about, but the fact that you've been able to step up and put your name to something like this, how much pride do you have in that? And what is your vision, um, uh, for this foundation?
1: Yes, sir. Um, you know, thank you so much for um, bringing this up and, and talking about this, you know, it makes me so happy, you know, to get the defensive line off the ground. And I'm um, a truly the dream. And, you know, it's, it's the beginning of a dream. Um, it's, we have a dream to change the world. We have a dream to end youth suicide. We have a dream to prevent suicide. Um, we have a dream just to make the world a better place. Um, and I, I have so many visions for it, you know, you know, the, like our, our mission is to end the epidemic of youth suicide, especially for those of color by transforming the way we communicate and connect with our mental health. And, um, you know, you know, I say, especially for those of color and, um, you know, the reason for that is um, from ages ten to thirty to thirty four, the second reason cause of death for um, the black community is suicide. And the youth rate to suicide for um, black people is rising at two times the rate of their white counterparts. And that does not mean that we're only focused on um, you know, the the colored community. It is we're focusing on everyone. Like we wanna end suicide for everyone and our programs are for everyone, every, every business, every school, every sports program, you know. We're going to be out in the field like we have we're creating programs you know to for the mentors and adults who serve young people to make sure they're equipped with the language to talk about mental health to make sure that um you know they can create a community where mental health is welcome where it's safe for their kids safe for their students so they have resources so they can notice when a youth is at risk with mental health or they need to go to therapy or they need to go have some meditation time or whatever it is and and, and that's our goal and we're just our goal is just to create a community where. In this world, we have these life-saving conversations where we teach people the power of storytelling and the power of being vulnerable. You know, I've gone through my own mental health journey with uh, grief and depression and anxiety. And, um, you know, I lost my big sister, Ella, to suicide. And it opened my eyes and my family's eyes to this world of mental health and how it's so how we fight the stigma every day. And and everyone goes through it because everyone is inevitably going to go to mental health. Um, So we understood that as we went through it personally and we wanted to take our story into the world and, and change the world and let people know it's okay not to be okay you know it's okay to get help That there's resources out there that there's help available and there's nothing wrong for you to you get help that's part of the human experience you know we all feel these emotions and we're supposed to feel them you know not everything's gonna be good all the time we're gonna have ups and downs in life you're gonna have anxiety you're gonna have depression you know, you're gonna have awkward times and weird times and so we're just trying to preach you know normalizing mental health and normalizing being human.
0: We're talking to Solomon uh, Thomas, the Raiders' new defensive tackle, and we're talking about something really important, uh, and and that's his uh, new defensive line foundation. Uh, it's dedicated to end the epidemic of youth suicide, especially uh, for young people uh, of color, and, and he just uh, mentioned the sobering numbers um, in that community uh, when it relates to, uh, to to suicide. And Solomon, a couple words that really jumped out uh, at me are communication, uh, or that, that key word is communication. And I say that because... Communication is always a two-ended um, proposition. Um, it's one thing, A, to want to communicate about something that's uncomfortable. But anytime you communicate, by definition, you're trying to get a, something across to somebody else. You're not just talking, you know, yelling in the middle of the street or anything like that to nobody. It's communication, the, the, the key to it, is having a receiving end. I would imagine you're trying probably... Uh, to be able to address both of those, the the, the the making it more comfortable for people to talk about it, but then also creating um, outlets for them to be able to express that in a way that is well received, and you know the, the the difficulty and uncomfortableness of it is lessened a little bit. How do you go about doing that? Not just to stress to to somebody that might be hurting that it's okay to talk about, but for somebody that you know to, to create outlets for them to talk to.
1: Definitely and, and I love your question. It's a beautiful question that a lot of people miss the mark on sometimes because they forget about listeners and how important it's to teach people to learn how to listen to someone. Um, and that's one of our goals as well, you know, we're gonna teach people how to listen to, to those of, of who are struggling with mental health because sometimes, you know, when someone talks to you about mental health like the person that they're talking to or receiving you just tries to fix it. And that's sometimes not what they're trying to get done. They're just honestly trying to then to talk to you, let you know how you're feeling, then that's your turn to respond and let them know how you're feeling yourself so you can have that connection, have that vulnerable, life-saving connection. Um, so that's definitely part of our program, you know, to, to educate people on, you know, equip them with the language to talk about mental health and then equip them, like, with, you know, you know, the, not rules, but, like, just just tips and steps for listeners of how to listen to someone who's struggling, how to approach someone who's struggling, where to take someone who's struggling? Like what hotline numbers do you have to have? What resources in your area that you live in? Um, you know, so that, that that's part of our goal and that's part of our plan and, and programming. And um, you know, we're trying to implement that everywhere we go.
0: Solomon, you mentioned uh, your sister uh, Ella Elizabeth Thomas. Um, she was 24 years old um, when when she committed suicide. Those are tough words for me to even say. Uh, it's heartbreaking and it's hard to say it. Just verbalize that. Um, but as you as you as you you know go about this. Uh, with your foundation, um, your, your own personal experiences, when you draw on that, um, and it's a tough question, and you don't have to answer. But like, do do you feel like, and I'm sure you do, but th- there was something more you could have done that you could have heard better or listened better, uh, and not placing any fault, obviously. But does that did that kind of move you to to understanding? Hey, we can all do better in this regard, and this is kind of one of the parts of uh of why you're
1: doing this foundation um yeah definitely that, uh, that's part of the, the grief process as part of losing someone by suicide you know survivor's guilt um you know and, and i definitely went through that heart and, and you know it's, I, I can't i'm not going to lie to you and say i still don't go through it um mm-hmm. you know there's days that i wake up i'm like right, i wish i could have done this i wish I that and you know the hard part of what i'm doing right now is that i know everything not everything i know a lot of what more I could have done or what more I could have said. And, um, you know, it, and, and that hurts, but at the same time, that pain is what drives me every day. That pain is like, if I can save one person, but to not go through the pain that Ella went through, I'll do it for the rest of my life. If I can save one family to not go through the pain that my family goes through every day from not having Ella here, I'll do it for the rest of my life. And so, you know, that, that's that's what drives me. And um, But to answer your question, you no, know, um, I definitely, you know, have those questions come through my head. But at the same time, I know my family and I did everything in the world um, to save my sister. Um, you know, she was she was fighting the war every day in her head. She yeah. was, uh, you know, a victim of mental health illnesses. She had PTSD, and, uh, um, diagnosed depression and anxiety. She was also, you know, a victim of sexual trauma. And every day, you know, it was harder for her to live. And it was harder for her to not be here. And, you know, so that's why um, she lost her battle with depression and anxiety. Um, but that's also why we're fighting every day, you know, to make sure like, like we had, we had Ella getting help, we had her doing things, but you know, you know, there's still, she didn't understand that, you know, she lived in the stigma that it's okay. It's not okay to be okay. Like, um, and so she struggled with that and she struggled with like living with the burden that she has to be happy and have to have to look good and she can't do that anymore. So, you know, that's, that's, um, that's why we're doing what we're doing today. and You know, we're going to do for the rest of our lives and make this foundation one of the best foundations in the world.
0: Absolutely, and we we wish you great luck on that. Um, you know, we have a we have a doctor that comes on each week. Uh, it's a pay, he's a pain uh, doctor, and one of the things that he always stresses is that you know just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you have to be in pain. But we get this mindset sometimes. Well, I'm getting older; pain is part of getting older. I just had to grit my teeth and deal with it when really there's help that you can get by picking up a phone and um, you know by talking about it and trying to get some relief for it and there really there is relief out there for it when you mention the numbers um in the in, in in the community in the black community of uh, you know suicide being uh more prevalent uh, than than in other communities um when when, when we talk about it, it, the difficulty of talking about um not being okay why do you think um, in certain communities it's just a little bit tougher? Is it? Do you think because, hey, I, I, I show weakness here by by talking about this, and I don't want to be weak, and and that's just I I just have to be tough and 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 work through it myself. I don't need anybody's help. That's a sign of weakness. Do you think that plays into it a little bit?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. And just to address uh, what the doctor said, you know, I agree with him a lot. You know, I learned this from Carson Daly the other day. Um, that it takes, it, on average, it takes people 11 years to get help for the mental health illnesses. And that's why, you know, the rate of suicide for um, men a, from the age from like 45 to 60 is extremely high. You know, I think it's like a top, top five leading to cause of death for, for that age group, um, you know. And then, you know, to, to the second part of your question, you know, it's it's just, it's, it's hard, you know, because we still live in this, you know, toxic uh, mentality against mental health where, um, you know, People think it's, you should just toughen up, right? To get through it. And, you know, especially, you know, in the, in the black community, we don't want to show any weakness. You know, we already feel like we're at a disadvantage. You know, we feel like we're already trying to prove our worth. And if we show any weakness, you know, um, you know, that's, that's over. So, um, so I think that's why it's kind of elevated. And then we need to educate on the resources and on, you know, the tips for, for just some better, healthy living and how to cope with your mental illnesses and that. You know, so that, 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 I, I believe that's why, you know, that's one of the struggles and why the rates are the way they are. I um, mean, again, I'm not a mental health like professional, but I'm a professional of my you own know, grief and past. So, um, yeah.
0: Well, uh, Solomon, uh, you, you got a fan in us. Uh, you've got an open invitation to come on any uh, time uh, you would like. And for, for the listeners, um, you know, who want to get involved, uh, for listeners who, who maybe have something to get off their chest, whatever the case might be. Uh, you can go to www.thedefensiveline.org. Uh, uh, you can also uh, follow uh, Solomon and, and his foundation at The Defensive Line, uh, and that's on uh, Instagram and at TD Defensive Line on Twitter. Uh, Solomon, thank you so much. We wish you all the luck in the world, and, and uh, I mean it when I say it. You, anytime you want to come on, uh, you got an open invitation, brother.
1: Thank you so much. It means the world that you want me to come on and talk about this cause and my foundation. Um, just thank you for everything. I really appreciate the time.
0: You got it, Solomon. Uh, anytime. Uh, don't be a stranger. And good luck this year. I look forward to meeting you uh, out at uh, out at the facility at some point.
1: Yes, sir. Can't wait to meet you.
0: Likewise. That's Solomon Thomas uh, talking about real life stuff. I know, um, you know, I, t- I try to, um, you know, get this across. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate in my job. You know, I, I cover, I've covered. Professor- professional sports for many years, you get to know uh, people and you get to know them as human beings and not just somebody that you see out there on the court or on the field uh, or wherever the kid, the baseball diamond, you know, uh, when, when they show up on TV and you're watching the game or you're at the stadium and watching them. And it, it always bothers me. And the reason I want to always point that out is because, you know, you go on Twitter, you go on social media, sometimes even just sitting in the stands and you, you can you can sense A disconnect between the professional athlete that's out there and the human being that is behind the face mask or wearing the hat or running around, um, you know, on on an NBA uh, hardwood uh, floor. And there's like almost this disconnect where you lose the the fact that those are human beings out there dealing with all the same issues that we're dealing with, that everyone else is dealing with. Uh, every single day. and uh, it's why I you know I, I sometimes get angry on on Twitter uh, and react, <laughs> you know uh, uh, sometimes when when people take for granted uh, some of the th- in some of the ways that they express themselves to professional athletes or anybody for that matter, as if that's not a real person with real, honest feelings and emotions and problems and highs and lows and all of those things that we all go through. And um, you know, Solomon Thomas, uh, what he's gone through uh, in his life um, with the loss of his sister at 24 years old uh, and now to, to learn from that um, and he's still going through it, there's no doubt about it. It's painful. Every single day I know I've lost uh, loved ones um, uh, as well and uh, it's just something that never, ever, ever, ever know, uh, goes away and you're, there's always questions. Um, but to be able to turn grief into action and uh, do something that is going to benefit uh, you know, a lot of people, and at the same time, honor uh, his, his his sister, is just something that I could tell just hearing him, it's it's kind of a, it's an accomplishment, and it's a dream come true um, to be able to, to help um, and, and be somebody that makes a difference, and I think Solomon Thomas, he's already done that in many, many, many ways, uh, but he's going to continue to do that uh, with his foundation again, you can you can go visit uh, them at www.thedefensiveline.org. Uh, on Instagram, you could follow them at the defensive line, uh, and then on Twitter at td defensive line. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Monsignor, Brought to you by Tequila and <laughs> Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back uh, to Raider Nation. Uh, You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsner, brought to you by Tequila and Botnor. Once again, thanks to uh, Solomon Thomas, the uh, new Raider defensive tackle, uh, for joining us and talking about his foundation. And look, I know that Raider Nation rolls hard, rolls strong, rolls deep, uh, and everybody's got each other's back in Raider Nation. I can tell that. uh, Just covering this team now for about a year and a half or so, uh, it's pretty uh, remarkable. Um, how how deep this fan base runs and how much they truly care. I know there's a lot of bravado and all that, but deep down uh, you guys care. Uh, so, you know, if you're interested uh, in maybe helping out or, um, you know, doing something uh, to help out uh, with Solomon Thomas and what he's doing, and it's really, 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 really important. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Uh, go visit the website, www.thedefensiveline.org. Um, again, you could also follow them on Twitter, Uh, at the defensive line and uh, on or excuse me that's on Instagram and then on Twitter at TD defensive line Uh, like I said I know Raider Nation you guys got each other's back and um, this is a a good way uh, to help somebody that's trying to help a lot of people out there including probably unfortunately some people that we all know you know what I'm saying like I know some people that need some help uh, and and um, and I think we all do we're all nobody nobody um, walks through life um, without feeling pain, nobody walks through life without having somebody nearby um, whether it's family members, friends that aren't experiencing pain and sometimes we know what, the kind of, what kind of pain they're experiencing but a lot of times we don't, you know what I'm saying, like we don't see the signs or we're, we're not listening when we should be listening or they're uncomfortable talking about it um, so this is something that affects all of us, every single one of us everyone that is listening right now knows somebody trust me you might not even know that's the bad thing that's the but not the bad thing but the tricky thing about it um and so uh you know maybe maybe by by uh, you know reaching out www.thedefensiveline.org maybe we can all learn something that we didn't know you know that's going to help down the road uh, so i appreciate solomon uh, for sharing his story and sharing um, you know, his vision for, for his new foundation. We wish him the best of luck. We're going to go out to Raider Nation Radio, uh, the listener line, because Raider 27 wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider 27?
2: Hey, Vinny, how you doing today? Uh, what doing good, thank you. Solomon Thomas was, and that's a great thing. You know, the, if you got a broken arm, everybody knows you have a broken arm. You can see it, and they make accommodations for you. But if you have a mental illness, if your brain's broken, Nobody can see it, and nobody seems to understand that mentally ill people don't act normally. That's the thing, you know? So, you know, I really have a place in my heart for people who, especially young people who commit suicide, so much life left to live, and they take their own lives, it's crushing. It just breaks my heart when I hear of it. Yeah, it
0: does, and, and, uh, and and you know, Raider 27, you bring up a good point. We You, you can't sometimes see it uh from the outside looking in right and then and then to compound that there's sometimes a stigma about the person who's inflicted trying to verbalize it and communicate it because you know you just don't want to be stigmatized as that or you know or 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 weird or damaged or anything like that but the fact is to some extent we all are you know and we all need help from time to time and we should all be a little bit more open to listening and 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 also encouraging people that might be feeling some pain, whatever that pain is, to go get some help and just talk about it because that's the start of getting help is being able to feel comfortable about talking about it.
2: Yep. Okay, so I wanted to talk about the plan. You know, I've been reading a lot of stuff. A lot of people are talking right in their mouth about Gruden and they don't know what they're doing and all of this stuff. And, yeah, if you really don't read between the lines, and pay attention and and read a lot and study a lot and try to figure it out for yourself, it's hard to see the plan. But when you look back, Gruden's first run with the Raiders, Al Davis picked that team, and that team was a good team, but that's not something that could last. Those players were all old. Yeah, it's really nice having Rich Gannon as a quarterback, a veteran, and Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. That's you know, That's going to work. And then he goes to Tampa Bay, And that team had played their best ball under Tony Dungy. And to my dying day, if Gruden had been coaching the Raiders instead of coaching Tampa Bay, we would have won that Super Bowl. The only way they beat us is Gruden did everything that we were going to do. So when you move forward, Gruden tore the thing down to expansion level. Okay, nobody liked that. I didn't like it. I'm sure you don't like dealing with the comments from it. But little by little... He had a plan. Let's, make, let's build something that's sustainable and long-lasting. So first they had to get rid of the contracts and clear the slate. And then we got to fill this team with young players and fill it with all the young players we can fill it with. And then the last step of the plan is hey, is we have to get some, get some of that veteran presence in here to teach these young players how to be pros. I mean, we had a lot of, our young players played pretty well. They just didn't know how to be pros. And now we're bringing in some veterans that are really, really good players. They're maybe not going to be here for seven or eight more years, but they're going to teach the players and bring up men the players that are going to be here for seven or eight years. So I foresee in the, in the future we're not going to be very active in free agency because we've got a lot of young talent on this team. We just need to develop it and nurture these guys, and mentor these guys, teach them how to be pros, teach them how to win. You know, um, Solomon Thomas coming from a winning program, that's going to help. You know, Craig Hayward's going to help, and is going to help. I mean, there's a lot of older players that they're bringing in now that are from high-level teams, and that's going to help build a team that wins. Everyone talks about culture. I'm not real big on culture. I think, Culture comes from winning a lot of games. I think you can build culture easily by winning a lot of games. Then you can coming in, and you got to we got to start from scratch and build a culture. But the culture doesn't get built until you win. So,
0: I agree with you what you're saying, uh, Raider twenty-seven, and uh, uh, actually wholeheartedly. And and you know. It, when, when, when people say, what's the plan? I'm like, well, let's see, they, they fixed the offense essentially. It was a top 10 offense. It took a while to get there, but it takes time to accumulate the talent necessary to make that happen. It's not just coaching unique players. And and um, I think they've done a really good job of building that offense. And it still can get better because there's some young players, and I wrote about this today, and Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, that can really change the dynamic of this offense if they come correct this year. And they have every um, talent The the talent is there for them to come correct, and simultaneously, it was then also rebuilding a defense. We can revisit Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack never picked up the phone to talk to John Gruden. All right, Um, and and the Raiders ultimately decided, look, you know, we could pay a guy twenty one million dollars a year and have all these other holes on defense, or we could trade them, gather a bunch of draft picks, uh, create salary cap, and just rebuild the defense the right way, and. That's to me, at least, what they're trying to do. That is the plan. I don't understand why people don't understand what that plan is. They've they've addressed the defensive line. They continue to tinker with it this year. They've totally changed over their linebacker crew since John Gruden got uh, got here. And for the first time since he's gotten here, they're returning their three starting linebackers. That's you know that that hasn't happened yet uh, since. And I don't even know the last time it has happened for the Raiders, to be honest with you. Um, the secondary, they've devoted how many first round picks now in the last couple of years to sec- uh, safety? Uh, to uh, a second round pick to a safety, a first round pick to a safety, a first round pick to a cornerback, a second round pick to another cornerback. It does the, the problem that people here's what they mistake. Uh, Raider twenty seven. They they mistake not having a plan with the fact that it sometimes just takes guys a little while to develop. That's the part where they're having the breakdown. The plan is intact, but the plan also includes the part that people are unwilling sometimes to um, set aside time for, and that's the development of guys. It doesn't happen overnight, and if you're going to do it the right way, you have to put the time in to building players and developing players to to a point where, and Raiders uh, 27 said this beautifully just a second ago where you're not having to always spend a ton of money in free agency because you have a foundation set that's continually churning out young players. Draft players develop them. Some of them have to move on for financial reasons. It happens all the time. Go look at the Patriots, go look at the Rams, that happens. But if you're drafting well and developing behind them, you're continually replenishing. And then you hopefully hit on a couple of grand slams Home runs in guys that you sign to second contracts and are being part of the, the you know the, the 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 future and the foundation for a long period of time. That's what they're trying to get to, but nobody really is willing to put the necessary time in to let it play out a little bit. It hasn't been that long. Three years that John Gurdon has been here. This is the fourth offseason, and you're starting to see some of the plan kind of come to fruition. Okay, that defensive line looks pretty good now. We'll see how it plays. That linebacker crew of Corey Littleton bounces back has a chance to be pretty good. Uh, Now the secondary with Morag from from TCU of Jonathan Abram um, you know settles down a little bit. Uh, Trayvon Mullen's been playing pretty well. Uh, It's got a chance. A good coaching staff is in place. It's got a chance to be what the Raiders need it to be. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's my two cents. I think there is a plan here. I think there's plans like any plan. It has to have take some time to actually unfold. And that's the part where I think some fans are either not willing to, to um, allow for that or just just don't see it. Uh, we're going to go back out to the Raider Nation. Li- Thanks a lot, Raider 27. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation. Listen line. Sammy wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, Sammy?
2: Vincenzo,
3: what's going on? Hey, hey. how are you? All right, man. Listen, really good interview, man, with Solomon Thomas. Uh, I, I appreciate it, man. I really do uh the Raider Nation you know it's it's something about redemption something about second chances something about seeing people just get back up you know and and going forward and uh, you know all that this kid has gone through already you know we we're, we're all rooting for him yeah on the field we want to see him play great and everything and that that's wonderful if we can get you know good play from him but uh as far as him turning things around and and helping other people you know it's 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 a wonderful story because i'm not just referring to former Raiders that have been through a lot of things and have turned it around. I mean, you look at Darren Waller and all that he's been through, and uh Derek Carr, I mean we all know him as Mr. Goody To you and everything, kind of you know I say playing around. But um, it wasn't that long ago when he uh, was drifting off and um, I wouldn't say getting in trouble, but, you know, just going through things in life. And uh, so so it's nice to see, you know, somebody reaching out like that because, I mean, what was it, Junior Sayao and some of these other people that, you know, have had these tragedies, have done things, and you're like, what are they thinking? Man, Why, why couldn't... Somebody reach out. Nobody knew. Nobody could step out. And I just, you know, I just want to encourage. If there's anybody that's struggling, man, you're not weak for saying I need help. You're not exactly, weak saying, exactly. That's that's so well put. Uh, yeah, man. If yeah. you're you're showing strength.
0: Absolutely. Um, that's, that's that's that that is the key. It takes it takes. Um, um, you know. Because it requires a little bit of courage to come out and talk about it, you know, and that is strength personified right there. Um, and I'm not saying that you're weak if you don't. That's the that's the part we need to um, remove. Is that it's understandable that you don't want to talk about it for the reasons that we just articulated, uh, and Sammy, you put really well. Um, but you have to kind of you know uh, uh, get over that part of it. To be in a position where you're you're more comfortable about um, expressing yourself, even if it means you know um, shedding some light on 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 what you might perceive as a weakness. It's not a weakness. Uh, it's something that people deal with all the time, and we just you know it's a silent kind of a, a epidemic that it has no real from the outside looking in. It could be. Completely disguised, you know, people are playing it off all the time trying to just get through and cope without, you know Being a burden on somebody else or, or, or admitting something uh, about that, you know, the pain that they're going through and we just need to knock down all of those um, Barriers and walls and just come to an understanding like hey, we're all also in this together and we all are feeling a lot of times very similar type emotions and the best thing to do is be able to get it off your chest and and be able to talk about it com- comfortably, and then also as Solomon Thomas, the listening part of it, being willing to listen and uh, not always looking for, trying to save the day or fix it. Just listen sometimes and be there uh, for somebody. And it's a, it's a lesson you know that that crosses all. Bounds um, in terms of listening and, and communication—it's not the easiest thing, and we all have to work at it. But um, with what he's doing, you know, I think that uh, going to make some strides in, in breaking down some of those barriers and creating a better com- uh, comfort level for com- conversation and communication, and hopefully, like he says. If that can save somebody or some um uh, from doing something terrible, uh, then obviously it's all worth it. Appreciate the calls, you guys. In the Huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Butter. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinnie Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Tuesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Vonsoner, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, great conversation so far, not just about football, but, you know, mental health and what Solomon Thomas uh, was talking about uh, and communication and being there and being, um, you know, creating more of a comfort level for people to, to speak up about what kind of pain they're going through. And then also. Somebody nearby being able to listen, being a willing listener, uh, not just necessarily trying to fix the problem, uh, but just being there uh, to listen and uh, offer a willing uh, ear. Uh, so thanks to uh, to all the callers so far for expressing your thoughts and, and support. Uh, it's, it really is important, and it's something that we should all be aware of. Um, I think that's the, the best thing that's going to come out of uh, what Solomon Thomas is doing is shedding light on a, on a problem that exists throughout society. It's not just, um, you know, your problem or my problem, it's our problem, without a doubt. Um, Really encouraged, by the way, these last couple of days uh, to see the numbers uh, of participation across the NFL um, with the second start of the uh, phase two of OTAs, which included obviously the in-person, on-field aspect. Uh, Players and teams and coaches are now getting onto the field for that phase of it, that was not uh, possible in, in phase one, but it is in phase two. Uh, this was part of what the boycott was trying to push on its players, I felt wrongfully from the, from the get go, and in a lot of ways selfishly um, from some of the higher uh, ar- hierarchy of the union, J.C. Treader, the president from the Cleveland Browns, uh, the Players Association president from the Cleveland Browns. Um, but I'm really encouraged to see that a lot of players are saying, you know what? We voted more out of obligation to our union and in support of our union, but in practicality, each of us as individuals understands the importance of being out there at the facility, putting the work in, getting the work in, uh, whether it's honing individual skills or finding their place in the team structure. Uh, It's really encouraging to see players taking advantage of this opportunity Uh, and it is an opportunity an opportunity to get better so many of these players are playing to make an impact to trying to create uh, their footing trying to put themselves in a position for a bigger payday let's be honest what you know why are guys doing this They're, they're doing it to make a living and yes it's to entertain all of us and all of that type of stuff. But the reality is this is a profession. This is a job. This is a vocation, a very volatile and competitive job at that. And every advantage that you have and every tool that you have to better yourself is something that you need to consider taking advantage of. And don't listen to somebody That's already made it. J.C. Tretter just signed a new contract for 30-some-odd million dollars. Good for him. He deserves it. But guess what? He utilized every single step that he's now turning around and mocking and telling other younger players who are in his spot that he was in just five, six, seven years ago, oh, you don't need it. Yes, you do need it. And it's really encouraging to see how many players understand that. And I kind of have to laugh a little bit at the backflips that some of these teams are doing will make it easier for you just to encourage more participation from players. This isn't supposed to be easy. And almost every player that I've ever talked to that's worth anything, that has any sort of a, a positive future, understands the importance of hard work and getting coached up. This isn't and shouldn't be about making players happy. You're getting them ready for this season. You're preparing them. You're developing them. And the good ones understand that from an individual point of view and a collective point of view. Players are trying to get better. If players improve individually, the team gets better as a result. This is what this is all about. And by the way, you signed a contract you signed the contract you agreed to it by signing your contract players understand that too JC Trenor you don't like it then go play in the other league that's right there is no other league is there
4: this is wow Vinny that is the most pro owner take I've heard ever if you don't like it, go play in another it's not league. Pro, oh, that's it's just not, the, oh man, you man, you're, bur- not pro you're burying these players right now. That's burying the players, just if you don't like it, leave. Well, <laughs> oh, oh man, uh, well, hey, and, and Demond, you think work's unfair? Well, how about you well, quit? It's like you got me there. Welcome to the real world. Oh, we what all know, know that's talking? we. Do, do I not live in the real world? I think we live in the same world, the same dimension. We are both in the same real world, but that that there. And what is your reality, Devon? My reality is that I am also a man who has to go to work, and sometimes they are on conditions that you do not like. But to just and say, why to is pay, that different than anybody? Uh, it's well, not well, different well, than anyone else. But I feel like in sports, too many times that we, that it is just too much of a suck it up mentality. You don't like something every
0: single day of everybody's life is a suck it up mentality, Devon. You just said it every single day for everybody in this yes but you are world. so
4: pro you are so pro just no i'm pro you're, you're so anti jc treader it's just to the point where it's just getting not
0: anti yes you I are
4: you just, I, <laughs> you're just totally congratula- the NFL.
0: i congratulated him you gave him the poop
4: sandwich you gave him the hey congratulations on getting a new contract
0: but i disagree with his stance that doesn't mean i'm anti jc treader i disagree with his stance Grown people can disagree and have an argument. Yeah, there's a and not okay. there's, disagreement, each other. Are we, there's disagreement. Treader there's disagreement. There's disagreement with this person. Okay. I'm not anti. Okay. All right. I I am I'm completely. And you know what? The majority of NFL players understand that. Not just because it's about their money and protecting their money. It's because they want to get better. That's what life is usually all about. How do you get better? You practice. How, you you do it. You you you're active in anything, whether it's writing. You think I'm the same writer today that I was 20 years ago? No, thankfully too. Why? Because I worked hard at it, and it's not always easy. Sometimes there's it's painful and and tedious, and there's a lot of uh, uh, times where it's just you know me and the fighting that computer, <laughs> you know, and my head. It's not always easy, but you work at it to get. Better And what I'm saying is, it looks like about 80-90% of the NFL, if not higher, understands that and is saying to JC Treader, you're off the beaten path. Not to mention the fact that this was a negotiated agreement between the players and the Players Association. And I hate to be all blunt about it, I'm not anti, I don't dislike the guy, I'm not anti this, I'm not anti that, I'm not not, uh, pro-ownership, I'm talking reality in real terms. What, Where? you know, where do you want to go play if it's not here? There is no other, that's not, there's no other option, unless you want to go to the Canadian league or the, or the arena league or something like that. This is, these are the rules of your vocation. And you also signed off on it. Not just when you helped negotiate the CBA, but also when you signed your contract. So that's not being pro or anti or hating or a hater or any of that. It's just the reality of the situation. You're in The Huddle with Vinny Bonsignore, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur.